Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick Ferry, and I am joined with my friends Jay Bates from jayscustomcreations.com and my gal pal April Wilkerson from wilkerdoos.com, and I can be found at nickferry.com. Saying .com again and again, just I don't know, it just sounds weird. But anyways, hopefully everyone's having a good day. Um, we have uh, a new contributor since last week. We definitely appreciate that. Kind of keeps the grease on the wheels, so to speak. Uh, Christopher Mann, thank you so very much. Thanks, Christopher. Thank you, thank you. And hello, everyone. Yes, hello. <laughs> I'm trying to mix up the beginning. I, I was just telling him, I said, I think it's just too repetitive. But ah, gal pal, that was a good touch. Yeah, but I've used that before, so... Only once, though, so I, th- I think you still got a few left in you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. It's good to know. <laughs> Hopping right into it, um, not a whole lot of woodworking going on for me. I finished up my desk for my laptop. I discussed that in the last podcast, but it's completely done. Um, just shot all the pictures and everything of it uh, last night, and it's completely growing on me. And somebody, uh, one of my friends had asked, you know, if I was going to add drawers or if it was going to be a, you know, it's because it's real simple. I mean, once you guys see it, it's, it's just super simple plywood top, um, kind of laminated and then, you know, four steel legs. But no, I, I was thinking that if I, if I do need, cause I do have some ideas to make a desk that has more drawers and features and stuff. But if I ever get around to building that, I figured this thing would be a great you know, clutter catcher for the shop, a nice horizontal space to, <laughs> you know, a workbench, so to speak. You said that you posted that on, on Instagram? No. Um, Where'd you post no, it? I didn't post it. I said, when you guys see it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said, I was like, I'm totally missed it. I'm going to go check it out right now. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was all over and you didn't watch it. <laughs> well, Instagram <laughs> has that new feature now to where it doesn't post in absolute chronological order. Yeah, so. and then also if you use the stories feature, doesn't it like go away after a day or something like that? Yeah, twenty four hours. Yeah, something like that. So you're gonna put it in your shop, collect a bunch of junk on it. No, I, I mean it's gonna be in the house for for the time being for my laptop. But um, somebody was I, I forget how the conversation even got started, but they're like, wow, that is you know a pretty straightforward, simple you know, and yeah, I didn't I didn't want to add a bunch. Of, I mean it it morphed into a project. That it wasn't really even going to be a project in the first place. So, but I, it's growing on me. I really like it. It's simple, kind of classy. Um, highlights the uh, Baltic birch edge in the laminate and stuff, and yeah, in the lamination, I should say. And then the only other thing I got going is my water heater broke yesterday. Boo! Your water broke. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, Nick. <laughs> it's gonna be a boy. Um, but no, it, it, it's like the weirdest thing. I've never bought custom organic soap in my life, and we were in this little boutique grocery store, and they had this. This I did post on Instagram, April. Yeah, I saw the that. soap. Um, I saw that that knife yeah. where you cut your own. Yeah, and yeah. You, you basically cut your own from bulk, and they charge you, you know, by weight. And I'm like, this is so awesome. It smells so great. I cannot wait home, to go home and shower uh, and use this soap. And then I'm like, there's no hot water. Like, what's the irony? Like, how, how often do people look forward to trying out a new soap? And then their, their water heater breaks. Man, what a bad day. Yeah. And right now it's a, a tank water heater. 
Mm-hmm. And I am hemming and hawing, quickly hemming and hawing, because you know you gotta you gotta have hot water. Uh, whether to put a tankless in or not. I've never installed a tankless, but I used to be a pipe fitter when I worked in manufacturing, so I'm I, me running some gas pipe is not a big deal, but uh, either What's that or I advantages might, to them? Just uh, well, higher efficiency? Yeah, higher efficiency due to both that it's not, you know, just heating a tank full of water when you're not using it, but then also that you can get essentially limitless uh water cuz it, you know, it's kind of a Heats it as it goes through. Yeah. Very cool. But I suppose the trade-off is they're more expensive. They're Yeah, they're actually not too bad. About 180 to $250 more expensive for the one I was looking at. It's not bad considering the longevity of them. Yeah, and they, they last like quite a bit longer too. I, it's just, I'm rarely, people that know me, rarely ahead. Rarely. And I felt like I was like a good three, four days ahead. And so now the water heater breaks and the wife is wanting me to, wanting me to replace it just to save a little bit of money. I just, man, I'm trying to sneak away and find the time to do it is going to be another issue. But Fun times as always. Speaking of fun, uh, April, you posted a pretty cool lathe stand on Instagram already. Yeah. Yeah. That is on Instagram. <laughs> no, I was excited to, to get it done. Uh, I was really kind of iffy on if it was actually going to come together or not because using those uh, brackets that swing out that hold the grinder uh, I didn't know if it was going to be stable enough I didn't know if I built the the cabinet tall enough for them to work you know if they if it was going to be at a good height whenever it popped up Um, so yeah everything worked out really good on it it works just as it should the brackets are very sturdy um, it tucks away the grinder whenever it's not being used, but then whenever I pull it out, it's at a great height to be used. So yeah, I, I can't be more pleased with it. I mean, the stand by itself is fine. There's nothing fancy about it, but I think being able to have the grinder so close and accessible, I'm really excited about that. Isn't it awesome when a plan just comes together when something works like it's supposed to? Definitely. I mean, completely. And those brackets were a little tricky. I did uh, a mock-up of them in my garage just to get, you know, I just, I'm just such a visual person. I had to see exactly how tall I needed to build the cabinet because I'm only, I'm five, six and the, I forget what the, the lathe is that I have. I think it's 12 inches from the bottom to the center. And so I had, I was trying to keep my workbench around 30 to 32 inches and, but I needed a certain height to make those brackets work. Well, anyways, and so I was just trying to make it all all work and come together, and in the end, it did. So, yeah, I put it in place yesterday. I turned some knobs, just some simple little knobs for the drawer pulls, and yeah, it works. It works smooth. I got to use the grinder for the first time and sharpen my traditional tools. So I, sh- I sharpened my roughing gouge, my bowl gouge, and um, my parter, my parting tool. So now I, f- I I feel like I'm I'm actually establishing a good turning setup in my shop. I've been thinking about uh, redoing my lathe cart, not necessarily like doing a lot of structural changes to it, but I never used the extension on my lathe. So I think uh, removing it and having the option to put it back if I need it is more beneficial and then using that space for the grinder. That way, like you said, the grinder is right next to the machine. It's super convenient. And then also I'm probably going to wall mount all my tools uh, my lathe tools kind of in that same holder, but on the wall. That way it's just, uh, I've noticed that sometimes it's in the way when you're like 
cutting out the inside of a bowl or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. so what I actually originally planned to do for this build, but just ran out of time. The video is already very long is to add a collapsible wing on the side for the bed extension. Um, because I am, I only have four feet of space where I've positioned my lathe at cause I have like this little wall partition. And then to the right of that is where I actually enter and leave the shop. So I can't have that blocked permanently. So yeah, I was, I actually bought some brackets to make an, a, a collapsible wing on one side of the stand so I can bring it up if I wanted to add on the bed extension. So maybe something like that, but then um, something else I saw that was really cool that I was thinking about incorporating was um, pulling out the drawer and having tool rest there. That way your tools can like rest inside the drawer, uh, just like laying there. And you can actually leave the drawer open. I saw it on somebody else's stand. I forget if it's pop- Popular Wood or Woodworker's Journal. But I thought that was a pretty cool thing. So if you don't want it on the wall, maybe adding a drawer that's deep enough for the tools. Yeah. I don't know. I've been Lately I've been going back through other projects and trying to uh, fix and improve upon them. Like this week, I, I did a, I remade my clamp rack. The last one, visually in videos, it looks great having all those clamps and the, you know, just nice in a row. But uh, the way that I uh, stacked the multiple rows, anytime you have something that interacts with more than one row of those hangers, it introduces problems with the items either being too tight as they go in or super loose. Well, when you go to pull out one of the ones that are tight, you have to be super careful not to jar the rack a little bit because some of the loose ones will fall off. And uh, it, it takes up a lot of wall space. I'm not really looking for uh, wall real estate right now for other things, but I could downsize it quite a bit by stacking all of the clamps from the wall out. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I remade my clamp rack. It takes up about two thirds of the space that it used to take up and now I can just throw the clamps on there and pull them off super easily and nothing is in any danger of falling off and it's just very convenient. Cool. I look forward to seeing it. It's nothing new. I mean, it's it's just, it's a simple design that other people have used, but uh, I used a solid plywood backing with the same concept of my uh, hand tool wall being able to just unscrew and screw in different brackets or hangers anywhere that I want them to be. And then, you know, if I want a dowel someplace, I can just drill a hole, stick a dowel, and there's a quick little hanger. So mm-hmm. I wanted to have some type of solid backing that allows basically an infinite amount of adjustments for hanging different crap down the road. Yeah. That would bug me to have holes in that solid backer. I'm, I'm too OCD. If you move something, you know, you'd have a screw hole. Yeah, well, you know, I've moved a bunch of stuff on the uh, hand tool wall. And it's it's hard to notice too. I, I've cut off a couple dowels flush, and if you really look, you can you can find them. But yeah, it gets the job done. Not only that, but Nick is definitely you have like the, the I think the highest standard for shop furniture out of all three of us. <laughs> all right, which isn't a bad thing. I just think it's you know uniquely us, or makes us uniquely. Yeah, I mean, I guess I like them looking a certain way. Yeah, that's I guess the difference between a production facility. Um, when I, when I worked as a, a pipe fitter, uh, it, which is, I guess, yeah, I guess that's the term, but there, the shipping department, um, made pallets and crates and all sorts of stuff. And they had a table saw sled and that thing looked like it was just, it's it seen its better days. I bet you that thing was around for close to 20 years 
and just the wear and tear from bumping into it had eroded the back fence and it looked like a, a rabid dog was like <laughs> chewing on it oh no that's yeah. character yeah I, it, it's something I'll it has a reputation <laughs> so jay what else you have going on in your shop is that it uh that's it for right now other than that just preparing for um wia in a couple weeks and my michigan trip and just trying to button up a couple of loose ends in the shop uh i may work ahead uh what's today it's, i guess tomorrow work ahead and uh try and get started on the next project i'd like to get uh a couple quick bookshelves done for my wife. I don't know if I'll get around to it before the trip, but I'd like to. Uh, that just because it'll get me ahead and it'll knock something off my honeydew list. So, bonus points. Bonus points. Happy wife. I got. I got to work on. I got to work on regular points just to get bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was the other day. It was. It was tool or woodworking related, and this was right before the water heater took a crap, but. Um, I forget, I forget what it was, but I started it off with Stacy, you know, that I love you, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? So, we yeah, all know yeah. what that means. Yeah. So brace yourself. I'm, I'm wanting something. I'll have to prepare that one a little bit better. Cause I, I want to get a new bandsaw, hopefully right around the first of the year. So you definitely need one. I'm, I'm fully supportive with you on that. Like three routers? Eh, I don't know. You might have me on your side. You might not. But a new bandsaw completely on your side. Three routers? I'd have to sell some routers. <laughs> what <do you> routers <laughs> are so easy to accumulate. Really I easy to it. accumulate. I think I have five. Three, four if, at least. But So what bandsaw are you looking at? Uh, the Grizzly 17-inch or the... 17. the um, the uh, let's see here, the Laguna SUV, that one that we went and saw uh, at Kevin's. Uh, one of the local guys that when, when Jane April were in town, uh, invited us over to his shop, and he's got the Laguna SUV, and it's got like a, oh, a man, brake it on like it, a, right? Yeah, it's got a, a foot brake, but it's like a 13 or 14 inch resaw capacity. Oh man, that thing is just it's a, a nice saw, it's a nice saw for sure. He's got a Oh man, he's got a nice Laguna dust collector too. Yeah, very quiet. And I mean, you guys went to my uh, my local guy that just sells firewood. I mean, I could go get logs if I wanted to do like a keepsake box, jewelry box, step stool, any any type of shorter projects like two feet or under um, as far as boards, and I could just have at it. I mean, he's got oak and maple and stuff, and I just would need a way to resaw it and you know get it into actual lumber, and that would be almost next to nothing that would so very cool you guys want to get into some uh questions real quick yeah let's sure all right greg says i am on the fence as to whether or not to buy a bandsaw it seems the most of the stuff that you can do with one can be done with a table saw circular saw or jigsaw Uh, what are the pluses and minuses to a bandsaw um it's weird uh, that we're bringing that up right away (laughs) yeah that's very uh convenient there resaw resaw capacity mainly for a uh, for a bandsaw because you can use a jigsaw to do curves like you would you know typically do on like thinner blade bandsaw work but uh, pluses and minuses minuses it takes up more shop space you guys got any other minuses uh, no I mean in my opinion I waited a long time I think two and a half years to get a bandsaw 
And I may, I may do just fine without one. And in my opinion, it's one of those things to where if it comes down between a bandsaw and one of the other like big important tools, like maybe getting a, a router or a table saw or even a miter saw, I would put those tools before getting a bandsaw, depending on what type of woodworking you do. Like I don't work with a lot of rough saw lumber, so I think I was able to push back when I needed the bandsaw a little bit longer than, than some others. But... Um, yeah, that's really the the only thing that's coming to mind as far as I would just wear in the list of priorities of other tools that you need for the shop. Yeah, resaw capacity is the only thing that sticks out to me because, like you said, most everything else that a bandsaw can do can be done on on other tools, uh, table saw, circular saw, or jigsaw. Uh, but if you're on the fence as whether or not to buy one, uh, I always recommend don't get something unless you absolutely need it to do a project so if it's just like a luxury purchase then yeah whatever yeah but i mean like even using a jigsaw on uh let's say a two by four like i needed to cut out two drawer openings in in a two by four for the lathe stand and i could have done it with the jigsaw but it's it's just a little bit too thick and just takes a little bit too long and so doing it on the bandsaw is just a lot easier right and then resawing i mean i i, I resawed on my table saw before I had the bandsaws, I mean, like what Jay said, if you can make do without it, then wait until you absolutely need it. But don't get me wrong, it is a very handy tool to have have around. I say pull the trigger on it, Greg. If if you're... Uh, Only because you want a, one of your own. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I have one. It's just the smaller one. Um, but the, the reason I say pull the trigger is if you can basically say that you're you're into woodworking for the long haul, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll need it. You'll, you'll come to appreciate it. Well, you'll uh, like use a, it. Yeah. I More mean, than need it. You'll definitely be able to u- utilize it. For sure. And it's just one of those things to where, like, like they were talking about uh, a jigsaw. Yeah. You know, to an extent, but long sweeping curves, it's a, it's a time saver too. Not only is it easier to make the curved cuts, but a lot less cleanup, you know, jigsaw blades can, can bend towards the bottom and wander and it's more of a jagged cut. This bandsaw is a lot more of a fluid cut, so a lot less cleanup. And takes off less material. If you're working with some nice stock, takes off less material than a jigsaw or a table saw, depending on which one you're using. Yeah. And, and double backing on the taking less material because the blade kerf is a lot smaller. If you go to book match, any type of you know, say like a, a box to a lid or a, a lid to a box, a box to a lid. There you go, Nick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that way the book matches, you know, you're, you're removing less of that grain and just pull the trigger on it. And if, and if you get in trouble with anyone, just say that, uh, Nick, just blame Nick. Always blame Nick. That's just a general shop rule. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> if you're, if you're married, say, uh, you got to practice the whole, all right. Did I ever tell you how much I love you? You know, practice that a few <laughs> times before. <laughs> yeah. No, that is weird. That's the first question. We didn't plan that. I, when are you When are you thinking about getting the bandsaw after the water heater? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, I, Priorities, in, Nick. Uh, get the bandsaw first. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I, kind of I, woodworker are you? I would be in hot water. No pun intended. Be like, uh, can we shower? No, but I can cut some nasty sweeping curves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Next question is from Keith Crawford. What type of epoxy do you guys use or prefer either to adhere things or to fill cracks? I got nothing. I never use epoxy. Uh, every time I've bought epoxy, it wasn't for a large job. So I just get those like, uh, 
I don't know, five, six dollar kits from Home Depot or Lowe's, like the five minute epoxy. Um, I do have actually uh, one of those. I guess it is a quick set epoxy, but you can buy it in larger quantities for like 20 bucks or something like that. It's not like West Systems epoxy or something like that. Um, just generic off-the-shelf epoxy. Nick? I, yeah, I think I have the, the smaller kit of West Systems. I know it's not the bigger, larger kit. I, I do want to get that, but one thing to keep in mind with that, not only the cost, but uh, um, is it does essentially have an inherent shelf life. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind if you're not going to use it all. I mean, it's it's nice to be able to save when you buy it, <clears throat> to save it, you know, buying it in bulk. But, uh, yeah. And, and then, and of course, you know, like Jay mentioned, the, the little tubes of epoxy that, you know, you can get just about anywhere. That I have more of than, than anything. And it's just nice to, you know, you can, you can tint epoxy. You can add uh, different fillers. West Systems makes a bunch of different fillers. So there's, you know, it depends if you're, if you're not going to use it a ton. Yeah. Just the, the cheap little two to $5, you know, squeeze kits would be plenty. All right. The next question is Ainsley from Australia. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, how do you deal with neighbors and noise? Do you worry about annoying people? I have a pretty good situation. Uh, the house next to me is a small cabin that's been vacant for the full two years that I've lived here. Uh, the other side of me is a, uh, storage building and all the three properties combined are surrounded by a nice dense wooded area. And then I have one neighbor across the street who's pretty good ways away. And, um, he hasn't ever said anything about noise. Uh, and when I've asked him once, he said he didn't know what I was talking about. So I am in a good situation as far as that goes. I'm in the same boat. My neighbors have never complained. And like, I don't just run the, the, the tools, but my air compressor and my dust, comp- my dust collector are both outside. Now, granted, the dust collector is inside the lean-to that I built, but uh, the air compressor is outside. And I always have my music like blasting. I can hear it <laughs> inside the house. So I know, surely, because I have my earphones in and the tool noise and then my music on. But none of my neighbors have ever complained. So I, I, I think I'm lucky, but I also don't push it. Like if it's 1030, I'll go ahead and shut the music down to like 12 <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of eight. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I try to just like on the weeknights, I think I, I forget what it is. It's like 11 o'clock is the very latest. And I try to wind down by like 10 and on the weekends I'll go to typically about midnight, but not that anyone can hear me. It's just... You know, in case they could. A common courtesy. Yeah, one one thing I did not too long ago when uh, when I got the lathe was, you know, we walked outside while somebody was using it. I think it was actually Jay that was using it. Yeah, I was um, roughing out something, trying to be as loud as I could. Yeah, and it, and it really log right. Right. That could yeah, and it, you really couldn't hear it outside. So I guess essentially, and I guess it depends on the tool. My my table saw is is fairly quiet, but you get a, a router to you know start at you know, 20, 28,000 RPM or something and just whining. Or your uh, belt that, sandal sander. Yeah, well that that's because that's on the way out. It's just it's totally uh, totally falling apart. Your so. belt sander is a grumpy cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that grumpy cat. That's for sure. It makes some noise. 
Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. Eiffel Pifel. Eiffel Pfeffel. I. It sounds Italian. Oh, so I'm, I it's apologize. German. It says greetings from Germany. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I totally destroyed that. Right. Um, we'll just say Eiffel. Eiffel Pfeffel. Falafel. Anyway, have there been projects, let's say, in the last year you wanted to do but did not dare to do? Uh, for me, no. I mean, there hasn't really been anything that I have not done based based upon, like, skill level or something because it's all a learning opportunity. I've mm-hmm. kind of delayed a couple projects, larger projects, due to, like, finances or just time constraints. But as far as, like not having the skill set to do something, I always invite that as a welcoming challenge or a great learning opportunity. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree on the learning opportunity. I mean, that's how you kind of grow in the in the hobby. Uh, most of the things that I've ever put off are, are typically money. You know, yeah, I, I wish I could uh, this summer put a deck on my house, but nope, a uh, water heater went out or, you know, whatever whatever it is, that, that money gets eaten up in a hurry. New flooring. So, maybe. Yeah, new flooring, you know, or a bandsaw, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm in the same boat. You know, uh, I have a on my list to do is a table and chair, and I was thinking there's no way I'm even going to attempt to do the chairs, but then y'all talked me into trying it out, so I have my mind set on doing it. Now it's just a matter of finding the time to get to that certain project. So there's nothing that I have I haven't confronted yet for lack of skill or wanting to try it. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do mortise and tendon joinery for those chairs. Really? I'll have to go check out and see if I can find a good video or something on that. <laughs> <laughs> y'all did a good job. What's that? I said y'all did a good job. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> hey, no, uh, since... <laughs> oh, that did was I miss a, the joke? Yeah, you yeah. missed it. I'm always missing the jokes. Y'all oh, did y'all. a good job. Yeah, great. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> um... Anyway. Yeah, ever since doing the mortise and tendon zone, now that I know how easy it is, I definitely am looking forward to doing a project with them. I don't know what that project's going to be because my next project is going to be an outdoor <coughs> shower and then chairs. Well, the problem with the <laughs> chairs is I have to build a table first. And I don't know, that's just going to be a bigger project. So I'm going to have to do multiple projects in order to get ahead in order to tackle that. And who knows when I'm going to be able to do that. What kind of, uh, have you decided on a style for your table yet? I want like a... I want it to kind of be rustic, but elegant looking. Like I don't want it to be, I want it to be a tall and more of a, um, it needs to be it, it, not a square, but not a, a full two, four, six, six seating table either. I don't even know what that's called. Like a pub style. Bistro height table. or pub height. Yeah. Pub height. And, but not a square one, but not a full six seater rectangle one either. Cause the problem is, is that the dining area in the house is so small and yeah. there's no place to put a trash can. So we're, we had to like squeeze in between the table and the fridge in order to get to the trash can. So to compensate, I just need to build a smaller table that doesn't seat six. What are you thinking? More like a, uh, center post design, four leg design, maybe a trestle design. Yeah, maybe maybe a trestle design. I'm thinking. I, I think I want like a um, maybe. I don't know. I want the bottom to kind of look big and stocky. Uh, maybe out of like four by fours or so, and then I want the top to be maybe a walnut or you know maybe something with a with a live edge. I honestly I don't know. Yeah, I haven't really looked into it. 
Well, I think the table, whatever you come up with, I think the table will be like, um, will be a lot less daunting for you than all the chairs. Chairs, there, man, it's just, it's time consuming, especially when you make so many of them, even batching them out. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. This one is from Patrick Jerome. With family life and shift work life, I get limited shop time, so tend to rush projects. Does this happen to you, and what do you do to stop rushing? What's what's your what's your deadline, Patrick? I mean, why are, why are you rushing? Is it because he has limited said, shop time between well, family that, and and work? Well, that that doesn't have anything to do with a deadline. I mean, did you say to X Y Z person like I'll have this done June fifteenth, or you know it, you know if that's the case, stop telling people deadlines you can't meet. But I would say don't you know it's it sounds weird it sounds weird but don't rush it if you don't have a deadline then just take that extra weekend. Maybe you only get Saturday afternoons out in the shop or whatever it is. Take an extra Saturday to so that you're not rushing through sanding or finishing just to finish something. That'd be that'd be my suggestion. Just take, you know, more more of the little time you have, take an extra day of it. I think that's really hard. Um especially whenever you get such limited shop time. I remember whenever I was working full time and kind of in the same boat, uh, whenever you have a project on your mind and you're in progress of, it's like the anxiety and the excitement just and the motivation, it just all kicks in and you want to be done with it. So you can tell everybody and show photos and put it in its place that you're planning it for. So I, I get even if there's not a specific deadline from a wife or from uh, a customer, whoever it is, I can see how you would be setting a, a deadline for yourself. But I mean, again, the same boat, what Nick said, I guess just try to contain the excitement and stop rushing because, but yeah, it happens. It, I think it happens to all of us, especially trying to put out weekly videos. I'm always on a rushed deadline schedule and it, it's hectic and it, and it sucks out some of the fun. So if you can control some of the anxiety or maybe get in some extra shop time, then try, try to. I guess I probably shouldn't have given advice because I'm like the king of procrastinators. <laughs> <laughs> so there you, there you go. That I'm changing my advice to find a procrastinator friend of yours and ask him how he does. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've, um, like April said, trying to produce something once a week, uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, not really a struggle. Other times you, you do kind of rush stuff. And for me, rushing typically is in the finishing, the finishing process. Mm -hmm. And I hate finishing to begin with. So I naturally rush it, uh, beyond the scope of just trying to meet a deadline, but, uh, time management and just, just do the best you can do and try not to stress out about it. There's, there's. Uh, there's not really much you can do if you're trying to meet a deadline and you got, you know, X amount of work to do before then you just got to get it done kind of thing. Yeah. Something that I always say to myself and I actually write it in my, like my book that I keep all my notes in is you can only do what you can do. And it sounds simple and, but I, I know it's, it's difficult to keep reminding yourself that, you know, as much as you might want to be able to do more, you can really only be doing what you can do. And and don't rush the finishing. I think I think just about every woodworker's made that mistake, to where it's built, it's assembled, it's glued, it's and all of a sudden, oh, I'll just really quickly sand it, you know, and then I'll just slap some finish on, because the finishing, you know, don't look at it like a, a sprint at the end. Look at it as just another leg of the race. You know, make sure the finish and the sanding and everything is nice. That way, because that's what people see. People aren't going to see well. 
you know, the, the bottom of that mortise is really nice and flat. You know, this gentleman did a good job. No, they're going to see the finish of the top or the, you know, the legs or the, you know, the skirt or whatever. I just, I, I got to re-say that. I just said top legs and skirt. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Sir Guido. Sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, favorite non-woodworking hobby? Uh, I think we've talked about this previously. Chess. I play chess a lot. I think the question before was, what do we do in our free time? Which is probably similar. But uh, that's that's a good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Six one way, half a dozen the other. All right. I, uh, I play chess and hang out with my dogs. They're good friends. Great conversations. Yeah, I don't really have a hobby right now. I've been looking into... Uh, getting into playing the violin or kickboxing or taking up archery. You throw knives, right? Well, I throw knives, but I mean, it's not really a hobby. I do it every once in a while whenever I'm bored in my shop. I, you know, it's like throwing darts. Yeah. It's like throwing darts, whatever. I mean, but I'm in the same boat. I like to hang out with my dogs and family and eh, anything camping, I guess that's not a hobby. Yeah. Camping's a hobby. Okay. Well, I like to camp. Yeah. <laughs> Because some people get way into it, you know. We, we we're halfway way into it, halfway way into it, whatever. But I mean, we got a, a a few accoutrements and little mobile kitchen and little camp stove and tent and you know cots and all that. But all right, the Dan Dan Helfgott, the Dan Helfgott. Is that my saying that right? I think you got it. All right, the Dan Helfgott. How much of your woodworking skills are classroom slash mentor taught versus self-taught versus YouTube taught? Uh, I don't have any formal training in woodworking. I took a shop class in seventh or eighth grade that I remember. And uh, the only thing I remember from that class is using a drill press to drill a couple holes in a board for dowels to make a napkin holder. That's all I remember from that class. And self-taught versus YouTube taught. Uh, I've learned a lot from using YouTube as a research tool. Uh, but the vast majority of, of what I know for woodworking is just getting out in the shop and, and doing something, analyzing the results, and making adjustments as needed and learning from it. Agreed. Same here. No actual classes or anything. The majority of things, uh, I look it up on YouTube if there happens to be a video on it already. If not, I just dive in and learn as I go. I would I would say mostly self-taught as well. I mean, I've taken I don't know less than a handful of classes over the last twenty years, but nothing you know majorly formal. One thing, as far as you know, we had talked about this a few times. You know, getting just go out there and everything's a learning experience. I'll just make that little note of make sure you know how to use the particular saw to make sure that you're safe. But other than that, yeah, I mean, any any time you want to build the you know a napkin holder or a little end table or a little coffee table or a keepsake box. It's always a learning experience. And that's part of the thrill for me into woodworking anyways is have I done this technique before this joinery, this finish, this method of sanding, this, you know, this type of wood, this you know, router profile? No. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited to try it. It's something I haven't done before. And then the other one I've talked about in past podcasts, but I was that, that kid, um, growing up to where I wanted to see if somebody was fixing something. And I, and I can remember very specific stories of, uh, at a local park, uh, one of the maintenance guys was fixing a, a water fountain and I walked over there and I was like, Hey, what's this? And I, you know, I was probably that annoying kid, <laughs> but I, you know, you can learn a ton that way. Or if, if you, if your neighbor's garage door is open and he's building X, Y, Z, and you just stop over and say, Hey, you know, what, what is this? Or, you know, yeah, you know, that's just one of those things to where you know, 
just about any, anything can be a learning opportunity. Graham Howell says, I was recently inspired by Jay's idea for a computer armoire. I designed my own version in SketchUp and then started to work out the price for a solid cherry and cherry ply build. It came out to around 1500 in materials. The reality is that to buy a piece like this would probably be over 5000 but I am struggling with the cost. Why is it that as woodworkers, we seem to find it far easier to spend lots of money on tools and yet bulk at spending money on decent quality materials? I don't. I, I, I like getting, you know, nice wood to work with. Uh, even, you know, we talked about it before, even, even my shop stuff. I like, I like Baltic birch and it's, it's not the cheapest stuff, but it looks nice. I don't typically complain too much about spending, especially if it's something you're going to put time and energy and effort into, that'll be a cherishable piece. I do uh, have a hard time sometimes thinking about like, gosh, this is this is going to cost quite a bit when I could use that money for another tool in the shop. Because I think, you know, another tool in the shop has the potential to help you in a multitude of situations rather than having this nice piece of furniture in your house. Eh, you know, it's just a piece of furniture sitting there or whatever. So I can see where that can be, where that can come into play. But here lately I've been trying, or my wife especially has been like, you know, we're going to have this piece of furniture for a really long time. So let's just kind of err on the side of, or lean towards the side of using a better quality material or a little bit more expensive material, something that's going to look nicer. Because we are going to have this for quite a long time. But That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the reasons why that armoire is kind of being delayed is I'm not entirely settled on what uh, species of wood that I'm going to use for it because I want to do a whole uh, office furniture set. So there's going to be multiple pieces. So whatever I use for this is going to have to be used for everything else. Yeah. But I I understand where, definitely understand where uh, cost of materials is like a, uh, it's just a hard thing to get over sometimes. I don't really use hardwood, so I I don't have much to contribute on this one. And I mean, I guess if you want to boil it down even further, Jay was saying how, you know, you spend $1,500 in good material and you could get away with cheaper material and then the difference could be, you know, tools. I'd boil it down one step further and say, if you were to buy this retail, you're spending $5,000 to buy this piece of furniture. Now you're going to make it and you're going to make it for $1,500. Well, the difference is $3,500. So now, now you can buy a $3,500 bandsaw. <laughs> yeah, money just starts appearing with that with that mentality. <laughs> with that logic. Yeah. <laughs> well, oddly enough, that's the total truth of how I got back into woodworking several years ago. I've bought and sold my tools um, quite a few times. Just you know, you move and you can't take it with, or or you know, your place isn't big enough. But uh, we were looking at having kids and buying bedroom furniture for that, and my wife was picking out you know, a furniture set and she's got good taste. I mean, it's not just a nice way of me saying she likes expensive stuff, but no, I mean, she wanted quality, which I totally respect because a lot of people will just get the particle board stuff and not know the difference. But she, you know, she knew the difference of quality. And I said, well, if you're going to spend that kind of money, I might as well just buy a table saw and a couple, you know, pieces of equipment and I'll just make it. And that's what we did for the second bedroom set. And I forget which one of you guys slept in that bed and was in that room with the, everything that I made, but... Me. It was yeah. very nice. 
a lot better than you know big box store type you know particle board or you know laminate type stuff but uh, also, really quick, guys, uh, just a reminder that in a couple of weeks now, it's it's getting pretty close. A couple of weeks, we will be in Cincinnati. No, it's not Cincinnati. It's across the border uh, into Kentucky. Stockton. Yeah, it's... Or Covington. Covington, sorry. Co- Covington, Kentucky. You might as well say Cincinnati. Um, yeah. But Woodworking in America, it's a three-day event, the 16th through 18th. And the marketplace is just the 16th and 17th. And I think on the night of the 17th, uh, we're all going to try and hang out at a at some place in town and just socialize. So if you guys are going to be in the um, Cincinnati slash Northern Kentucky area on uh, those those dates, then be sure to stop by, hang out with us, and uh, talk shop. It's always fun talking shop. It's so much fun, especially over a beer. <laughs> and if it, and if any of you anyone listening has an extra seventeen inch bandsaw uh, that you, that they don't need, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh come on, don't be stingy. You, you're uh, I wouldn't turn down a fourteen if I were you. You know. <laughs> I had somebody somebody commented on my my video, our first collaboration video, and said. Uh, Nick, the way you said, and if by chance you don't have a hollow chisel mortiser, you make it sound like everyone should have one. And I'm like, well, yeah, everybody should have two. And he's like, two? Are you serious? I'm like, no, man, I'm joking. I'm, I mean, there's a different, million different ways to skin a cat. So, yeah. and where did that saying come of, from? Like, how many? How, I said, where did that saying come from? Like, how many cats were actually skinned before they made a saying on it? I don't know, I, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I read that response um, to to that from somewhere. By the way, I didn't just think that up. I always, I always say there's a uh, different ways to cook the chicken because I like cats better than chickens. <laughs> <laughs> different ways to cook the chicken. That's 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 a good one. My wife will appreciate that one. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, yeah, that's the beauty of woodworking is you know you can have a dedicated machine to do it. Or there's probably half a dozen other ways to do the same procedure, all having their their pluses and minuses, and that's just one of the cool things. Right? Rather than, but it was it was funny. It, it made me chuckle when he's like, "You make it sound like we should have one." I'm like, "Yeah, you should. <laughs> we should have one of everything." Actually, somebody was telling me about um, being able to get a little conversion kit to turn your drill press into one. So I think they said it was around $40 at the local Rockler store. So I was actually going to look into that instead of using a Forstner bit and chisel method. Have you ever, Yeah. do you know what they're talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. I wonder how, what kind of results you could expect with stuff like that. Because anytime that you have something that's modified to do another task or a, an item that is uh, multi-use, then it's, it's probably good at a lot of things, but not mm-hmm. great at those individual things, you know? So I wonder yeah. how much the trade-off would be there. That, that's it. I've used them before. And, you know, another thing, then, then you got to, you know, hold the material down a little bit different. But mm-hmm. You can yeah, make it work if you need to, but... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, it, exactly. I, I got nothing more <laughs> to add to that. Nothing more to add to that. And no cats were harmed in the making of this episode. Well, I'm not making that promise. But. You better <laughs> if I'm here. <laughs> no, I like cats. So does my uh, my youngest boy likes cats too. I like anything that is animal. Well, except for chicken. No, I like chicken. I just don't like them better than cats. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a certain pecking order when it comes to <laughs> Funny man. <laughs> you know, I think that's something like in the woodworking community is all the puns. I swear. I mean, there, there are times where I come out with a project, like with the fence. I was expecting a whole bunch of puns to come out uh, from the comment section. Do y'all get that too? People leaving like really witty puns on projects and stuff. Sometimes it depends on the project, like, uh, like using a saw. I saw what you did that, you know, just the, the oh, obvious okay. ones. Well, I'm always like really, uh, chuckling whenever I see like the really good puns in the comment section and I, and <laughs> typically it's the same ones, but then they almost like get into a contest, like on a thread where they're like, they play off one another. And I yeah. just, I really get, just get a big kick out of it. Your videos yeah, are Nick, I can imagine you'd be really now. good at that. What Jay? I'm going to say your videos are going to be inundated with them now. Comment puns, section. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with, with Instagram. There you go. Hashtag podcast puns. Podcast pun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. Been a good chat. <laughs> all right, well, that's all we got for you guys this week. But we want to remind you that there's a couple of ways you can stay up to date with the podcast and get notified of any new content. You can go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com and at the find you'll at the top you will find a couple clickable buttons to subscribe via Android RSS or on iTunes. And if you are on iTunes, uh, be sure to uh, leave us a review. It's always appreciated. And uh, thanks for all those who have already left reviews. Uh, we went through and read them, and uh, it's very much appreciated. Yeah, very uh, much so. And thank you to Christopher for the new contribution. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the contribution. That really does help keep the balls rolling on this. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. You guys take care, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching. And by you, I mean you. Watching you. Listen. Let me let me do it again. Ah, I wish you wouldn't have said. (laughs) 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 And now now I know Jay can't edit around it.